What's up, guys? Zach in here. Rick in here. And in today's video, we're going to break down the ultimate equation that you must know to become rich in wholesaling real estate. I'm super excited, guys. This is the one thing, if you can figure this out, you can pretty much print unlimited swaths of money, go out here and start making a ton of money in wholesaling real estate and really change your mindset. This is going to be the thing I think so many wholesalers need to know and so many wholesalers need to focus. And it's going to help you get your first deal, your second deal, even your hundredth deal, right? Mm -hmm. And it all comes down to one really simple equation. And I promise you, your guru don't talk about it. Uh, the broke influencer for wholesaling don't talk about it. We're the only ones that really talk about it because we know what it takes to get you past that finish line, to get your first deal, to get your $100,000 in wholesaling real estate. We have everything you need to know in this video. So before I break it down, do me a big favor. Make sure you smash that like button and subscribe. And really, let's go out here and break everything down because I think so many wholesalers right now, they need help, right? They need help crossing that finish line and getting the first deal. So hit that like button, subscribe. We are live, guys. So com your, comment below your questions. And what I want to do is just really talk to you guys and really break this down. So without further ado, let's get it going. Some people think they know the equation. It'd be kind of funny, but uh, we're, we're going to break it down. But the one thing is you might know the equation. We're not going to reveal it yet. We've no, we got to go through the no. intro, but are you practicing it? And that's the honest truth. So let's break everything down. Let's get it going. So without further ado, it's wholesaling time. Let's do it. Fuck out of bed, bitch, go. Get up, get up, and get the guy going. Gotta wake up, gotta wake up, bitch, get up. Get up, get up, get up. Get up. Get up. guys we are here we're ready to go we're ready to share everything you need to know about wholesaling real estate success and most importantly ultimate equation for wholesaling so let's kind of break this down let's really just what i want to do is give you the equation and really talk about it right because mm -hmm. i think so many wholesalers struggle right Th this is the time for so many people to start changing their lives right uh, we got the end of the year coming up and this is when people want to start making that change that's when people want to start actually making a change in their life and to make a change, you must change. And the biggest change I, I find from people getting the first deal to not getting their deal, that to getting that deal finally is their mindset shifts, right? Once that mind shifts, everything changes, right? Yeah, I mean, the, the truth of the matter, for you to become that person you want to become, this is going to hurt a little bit, but you actually have to change who you are. And that, yeah. that it's not a bad thing. You, you, you still have your core values, but... As you get older and you mature, some people do it with age, but if you can force yourself, if you're young enough to understand how it really works. And the, the rule is, if you're going to follow what everybody does around you, you're going to get the exact same results as them. Mm -hmm. And so 
for you to go outside your comfort zone and say, you're going to, we're not going to try wholesaling. You have to do it is you have to commit to it and understand you're going to be judged by people that are not happy with you because you're not doing what they do. And if you let that change your belief system, you're going to get killed. I went through this over and over when I started out wholesaling and understanding by being a wholesaler, you're doing, you're doing the uncommon thing and common people are telling you what you need to do. So only take direction from people that you want to be in their position and they validated it. So guys, that's the, one of the biggest struggles. You guys are all about the change is exciting. You get going a month or into it and you're like, my God, everyone's attacking me. Like, how do I keep doing this? So you're going to have to change. So why not like a crab and a lobster has to molt out of its shell? You have to do the exact same thing. Ooh, I like some that. do it quicker than others. Some struggle. Some try to get back in their shell. But like once you've grown, the word grow means you can't fit back in that shell and use that as your analogy to become the best wholesaler to make that change permanent. You're giving some good quotes today. Let me uh, let me give one quote I want people to do to sort of jack people up, right? Because the one thing before we break down this equation is I'm just going to let me, uh, you know how they do in medical school? Uh, they try to kind of weed the people out and, and try to give a, some scary statements and tests. So let, let me tell you a scary statement. You know, you're going to have to work hard in this business. There's no if, ands or buts. There, there's no secret thing that's going to change everything in wholesaling real estate. None of that, right? It's all going to be hard work. And if anyone tells you wholesaling is not going to be hard work, it's not the, the thing is wholesaling real estate, you can make millions of dollars, but the problem is to make millions of dollars, you're going to have to work your butt off. It's anything in life. Think of any person that has gotten to an extraordinary feat in their life, man or woman. They all had to go through extreme adversity, extreme work, and extreme dedication. The quote I could tell you, which I've seen a lot lately, it's really cool. I don't know who said the quote, but if you want to look at, if you want to look at, if you want to buy some, wait, wait all right. If you want to look at, if you want to buy, wait, all right. If you want to buy something without looking at the price, you have to be willing to work without looking at the clock. And that's an important quote, right? So if you want to go buy something without looking at the price of it, you're going to have to work without looking at the clock, which means, no, you don't have to grind a million hours every single week, but you're going to have to work until the work gets done, not by the time you've spent. And I think this is one thing a lot of people have to understand that stop focusing on how many hours you work because that is not what this business is. This business is about taking the action and how you do the actionable steps, right? It's not about working four or five hours. For the average wholesaler to work eight hours in a day, me, in my personal business, about 30 minutes for me because I have the teams and everything set out. I'm getting more done with you. In the course of this one, in the course of an hour or two on this live stream, if I have a team of five cold callers, they'd be willing, they're probably at five cold callers on two hours, they do two, 10 hours of work in two hours. Most wholesalers solo can't do that. And that's why we whoop our competition, but like that's scaling to you. So just understand that like Warren Buffett in eight hours can probably make 15, 20, 30, 40 million dollars. And in eight hours, I can't do that. Okay. Is he's just so much better than me or like, no, it's, it, it's scalability, right? You guys have to understand that. So let's break down this equation. This is the secret, secret equation. That's going to change everything. But th this is the honest truth. Here it is. Actions equal results. Start thinking about that. Start thinking about what that means. And this equation means a lot more to me and a lot more to you than you probably imagine. What I mean by actions equal results is 
90% of wholesalers out here, they care about results. That is the only thing they actually focus on. And this is the biggest misconception. And this is the biggest reason why so many people fail. So I see in the comments too. I'm going to get my first deal. I want to get my first deal. I want to get my first deal. I want to get my first deal. That They care about the results. And when I ask everybody, and you ask this all the time, right? Mm-hmm. Rick, I didn't get my results. I say, okay, well, what's the action you took? Oh, I cold called one hour a day for a week and then I quit. Your actions are not equating to the results you want. So if I want to get a deal this year, by the end of the year, the action is willing to the action you have to take has to equate. They have to be equal. If they are not equal, then you will not get the results. So if I plug in the calculator, I want to do I want to make 50 grand in this month. You have to take the action it takes to get 50 grand a month. And we'll break down at the end of this how much action you have to take. But that's what you should be focusing on. And once you start shifting your mindset to that, first of all, you eliminate excuses, right? So here's the funniest part. Zach, I got I didn't get my first deal. This is my favorite one, right? Zach, uh, the, this deal I got, the, the buyer fell through and just I lost the deal. Don't say that. That is one of my biggest pet pet peeves. Buyers just don't fall off a deal just to say F you and give you the middle finger. And hey, I don't want you to become successful. Cash buyers don't do that. Cash buyers are smart. Cash buyers fall through and quit on the deal because number one, you probably locked it up too high or you haven't talked to enough cash buyers. My favorite is, oh, I couldn't sell the deal. You, you, no, 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 no. All right. If you have a deal that will cash flow $1,000 a month, and you locked it up for a thousand bucks. I'll buy the deal personally. DM me on a deal like that, right? Yep. That's an insane. There's always a cash buyer. There's always. It'd be probably me. Okay, worst case scenario. There's always cash buyers. The question is, did you lock it up for too high or did you not talk to enough of them? Once you start saying words like that, like the, the buyer just fell through. Like it just, it's a normal thing for deals to be lost like that. No. Whenever I lose a deal, especially in this business this year, it wasn't because of it just magically fell off. There's an underlining reason to it. And when you have to start start becoming accountable for your actions, the results will follow. So I'm telling everybody watching this, focus on the actions, eliminate, don't even care about the results. All right. So like what that quote I said before, if you want to buy something, I'll look into the price. You have to work without looking at the clock. Don't be caring about the price. Be caring about the work it's going to take to get there, right? Uh, One really cool thing I always think about, and you say this all the time, which is always funny, but it's like, um, you don't have a spending problem. You have an income problem, right? Yeah. it's So so many people are looking like the pinch pennies and do stuff like that. And don't get me wrong. I I spent a majority of my life uh, through my 30s doing that is... If people would just take that effort and focus on the income side, especially your wholesaling business, it will fix a lot of your problems, especially if you can plug the holes up in your spending. And when we talk about results, guys, you got to understand is you have to be willing to take that information, good or bad. So sometimes you can do all the right things and get some, don't get the results you desire. And that's how we teach how to do consistency and discipline. But so many times people are like, oh, a deal fell through or like I, I didn't get a deal. I, call, I, I called 100 people. Like you, you're, you're focusing on the wrong information because yep. the result, your, your action has to be 
it has to be, it's kind of like an algebra problem. So a guy who ignored algebra his entire high school um, career, like this is the part where is your action has to exceed. Like everybody's so focused on result and they spend little time on the action. And if you just turn your action into like a machine and put, if you're brand new, you've got to add quantity to your action. So if like you're doing driving for dollars, you're thinking about getting 200 leads, you need to get a thousand. You need to get 10,000, whatever it is, because that's how you make up to get the result. But don't go get a hundred driving for dollars leads and expect to get three deals out of it because your math problem is not going to add up to what you want it to be. So sometimes we get bad information and we have to use it and you have to decide if you're going to pivot or not. And sometimes it's bad information on really good action. And that's the real challenging part in wholesaling is like, okay, do I stop doing this? Cause I didn't get a deal. I had a guy on a live the other day. He goes, well, I did a, uh, I did a 2,500 uh, SMSs and uh, I didn't get the result I wanted. He only did it in one week. Like you guys, if you expect to get a deal that quickly on what, and by the way, that is one action in my opinion, you're doomed to fail. Your expectation had, is not correct. I've had days where I sent 5,000 texts in a day. Yeah. I've had, dude, I've sent out 20,000 pieces of direct mail, didn't get one phone call. I didn't quit. I just go, okay, what am I, am I doing something wrong? Did I miss something? And you'd be surprised. I've actually sent them out sometimes with the wrong phone number, just, you know, stupid stuff. So just go through your basics. That's why we're big proponents of having a marketing plan and having a marketing budget and understand most of marketing campaigns, you got to give like a quarter. So, Everybody wants an instant result, yeah. but they don't want to put the action to drive it. You, the reality, if you're just starting out wholesaling in the beginning, it's like pushing a build a boulder uphill. It's hard. You're going to have to leverage it and you're going to have to push and get through it. So understand that going into it and don't have this. If it doesn't work, I quit results, give you feedback, sometimes good, sometimes bad. The problem is most of us go, if something really good happens, like, Take for your day. If something really good happens, ah, oh, let's keep doing it. The problem in wholesaling, if you react like that, you're just, you're just, you're running on emotion solely. So we talk about the art of detachment all the time. Set a plan in place, look at the results without having an emotional connection to the outcome. And then you can look at it as a business. But when you get all like ticked off and pissed, it's hard. So like, here's an example, direct meal. I, I get a deal. I'm like, we make 50 grand. Let's send out 100,000 pieces of mail, turn it way up. No, just keep doing what you did and make adjustments along the way. And that's how your action leads to great results. But this act of wanting instant gratification, it's not going to work in wholesaling. No, you like you look at the best fighters of all time, right? Even look at TV shows and movies and like actual fighting in general. Yeah. You have to stay calm. Like if you get emotional with it, you lose your technique and you lose, right? right? Now you could use emotions to get like energy, but like you're not going to use it for the actual uh, b battle of attack, right? You have to stay calm, look at the field and then go from there and see what you got to do, right? When you get very emotional, that, that's when things just yeah. start. Th th think about like a U two great UFC fighters, say they get together, what happens all the time. And like you watch the fight, I'm like, man, I don't know who really won. And then it goes to a judge and one's usually a winner and one's a loser. Does the guy lost? Is he just going to quit and like move on? No, he's going to learn how to get, maybe he's going to work on his cardio or his grappling. So the, the next time he gets in that match, he can try to get it decided and figure it out before it gets in the judge's hand. So 
like you have to understand you, your result is a derivative of how much action you want to do in the beginning. You guys don't have as much experience. The biggest thing you can impact action is quantity, like massive, massive amounts of quantity because it will make up for your inexperience. And that's it. So here's the thing. It's, it's about a lot of wholesalers look at luck, right? Oh, you're going to get lucky to get that first deal or second deal, right? The thing about luck is it's a, it's a funny, finicky thing, right? And luck is like fishing. So I got a fishing shirt on, right? I love fishing. To go catch, let's say a marlin, right? If I go out there for an hour, try to catch them out, it's probably not going to do too well, right? Mm-hmm. But if I spend four hours a day for a week straight to find a marlin, do you think I'm going to get luckier to catch a marlin that week? Mm-hmm. Just, it's kind of funny. Fishing, wholesaling, very similar, right? The more time I put into this, the more time I spend fishing, the more time I spend marketing, the better chance I am to get a deal to go catch that fish, right? Yeah. It's kind of funny, but the more work you put in this business, the more marketing, the more conversations you have with people that have ugly houses, the closer you are to getting that deal. And it doesn't guarantee it, right? No. But you just keep doing it, you're more you're more lucky. You're more lucky to get it, right? So if you want to go get jacked, uh, if you work out more hours in the in during the week, you're more likely to become more muscular. Now there's diet, all these other things, of course, but it's just, that's how it works, right? If you want to get better at video games, if you spend more time playing video games, you're going to get luckier when it comes to winning one video game, right? Get be- If you want to get lucky at making a shot in basketball, the more time you spend practicing when it comes to the game time, you're going to get lucky becoming better, right? But here's the analogy, like take the person who's working out Say Zach goes to the gym and spent because I'm, I'm putting in 10 hours. He does like a thousand reps, everything. And then that's it. That's all he did for the week. And then he's sore. doesn't want to do it. And occasionally he goes back. That's not going to help you. And that's what a lot of people do in wholesaling. They go all in one week. They don't get the result they want. And they go, I'm done. I rather you be what we call farm strong, where you just every day keep pushing and applying to it. You guys know what I mean by farm strength. Uh, a farmer gets strength. They've never, ever been to a weight room, but like when you grab their hands, they could probably rip it off. Their, their grip is so strong. Why? Because every day, seven days a week, they carry the buckets to the field. They feed the animals. They lift the hay bales. You have to do the same thing in wholesaling. You have to make the phone calls. You got to get your marketing list and you got to be emphatical about it, meaning you just have to do it every day. And the repetition and the quantity over a long period is what's going to give you the result. Don't think you can push all your chips in and bang it out in like two days. It just won't work because you're just a blip on the screen when you do that. If the guy who does it every day, the repetition, they're going to get so much expo- well, uh, more exposure. Probably your intensity. So let me show you that. This is Doran Yates. He was Mr. Olympia, one of the biggest bodybuilders of all time. Oh, yeah, look now, at that back. Now, Doran Yates, obviously he was chock full of steroids all that great stuff but like if he didn't take steroids he'd still be a big dude right i guess he's a lot more muscular than you and me don't you agree just a little bit just a little bit he spent to get that big 45 minutes to an hour at the gym that's uh four, four days a week four or five days a week that's all he did he literally spent an hour four or five hours a week in a gym that's it so how does somebody like me <laughs> Let's say spends an hour at the gym, not as big as this guy, size of steroids, right? Number one, 
he got a lot more done in that hour than I <laughs> look at videos of him working out in that hour. Yeah, yeah. he it was nonstop. No, it's nonstop, right? <laughs> so I want you guys to understand this. Zach, I spent three months cold calling. Was your three months the same as my three months cold calling? Because my three months cold calling was five hours a day, Monday through Friday, every single week, nonstop, Monday through Friday. I didn't care. Just ran through it. Did you do the same thing in three months? Because I don't care that it was three months. I care about how many calls you took, all right? Action is not how many hours you spend doing something. It is quantitative results. I want you guys to understand that, all right? It's just so funny because training and things like this is like, oh, I spend an hour. Me spending an hour running versus a marathon uh, sprinter or like someone's doing a four-minute mile spending an hour running. Mm -hmm. One person's probably in an hour is going to get a lot further than me, right? But they, they've learned that over time and how to be efficient with it. So like a lot of times, guys, when I spend a couple hours in the wholesaling business working on it, you got to understand there's like 20 years behind that 20 yeah. years. Like I didn't do this like overnight. And I kind of like when I go to work out, like I have a plan, I'm efficient and I'm that guy in the gym, like doesn't talk to anyone. Why? It's just, I don't want to be rude. I just, I didn't go there to make friends, man. I'm there for one purpose and one purpose only. And I, anytime I talk, it throws me out of whack. You look and miserable so just, at the gym. I am. I just want to get it over with, man. Like no, I'm no, not you're there. miserable in the Stairmaster. A stair mess caused me a few issues, but, <laughs> but we're working like, on that. Guys, it, it's, it's out the reps you take, but it's more important about how intense you take the action, right? And if you get, go all in, you'll do well, right? And here's the thing about action versus results, okay? If I spend an hour at the gym and all I did was calf raises, do you think my bench is going to do very well? No, right? Your bench needs work anyways. Oh my, my bench is pretty good. But what I could tell you is, I might say I did the action. Oh, I did calf raises all day. But if the general thing is to be healthy or have a good bench yeah. or be good at pull-ups, that's the wrong thing. So if someone might say I cold called for five hours today, but you cold called a pre-foreclosure list, that's not a good list to cold call. These people are getting loan sharks and yeah. uh, bank servicing companies calling them. They don't want to answer, right? But if I cold call, let's say a probate list for five hours, that's way better. So remember, this is, there's a lot going on here, but just understanding the action you take but also the type of action. So like doing the right list, the right skip tracing is going to be another part into those results. Cause if you have terrible list, you're calling, you have a terrible script, your, your actions are going to be terrible and that's going to lead you to bad results. Right. It's about taking good action. Right. So make sure you guys aren't doing like a checklist. I'd tell you 80% of the people at the gym, they go there. Why? Cause they're checking it off their list. I have a huge pet peeve with people being on their cell phones the entire okay. time while they're working yeah. out. But the thing is, don't cold call just to check it off of a list. Cold call to get deals. And if, when you when you churn the quality versus quantity, meaning you're like, I'm trying, when I get somebody on the phone, like I'm listening, I, I want to hear them out. You can't just say, well, I cold call, so uh, I tried. I'm like, the word tried, that's the problem to start with. So guys, listen to what you're doing. Look at the actions you're taking and make sure they measure up to what you want to get done. The only person you answer to at the end of the day is who? yourself yourself so if like if you're going to take an hour to cold call rip through it get the quantity done and when you connect to people make it work yeah that's pretty much it so let's talk about cause and effect right i think a lot of people do this right think of the cause and effect don't care about the effect 
care about the cause that it's going to take to that effect, which is the same way of taking actions equal results. Shift your focus to the action, not the results. So one thing I want you to know, like, all right. So if you have like on your board, right? So you used to do this and you used to say this, right? It was, it was real. You were used to write your goals on the mirror when I was like, like a kid, right? In the bathroom. In the bathroom, right? Like, you know why, right? Yeah, because that, that's what you see every day. Every day. But what I can tell you is that's right. But a better way to look at it for a beginner, right? Because there's big goals out there. I get it, right? But I think for most people, like especially this video is shift it up. What do I mean by shifting it? Don't write on the mirror, hey, I want to get my first deal. Write on the mirror, hey, I want to do 500 drawing for dollars leads and I'm going to cold call them and send a text out. Mm -hmm. If you write that down instead of the first deal, you're more likely to get your first deal by just looking at the actions, right? Mm -hmm. So if, if, do you agree? Yeah. Yeah. So you should have both of them. But if you're like first deal, first deal, first deal, you're like, oh shoot, what should I do? No. Focus on what it takes to get that first deal. Might be 500 drawing for dollars leads. Might be cold calling 500 probates. It doesn't matter. But focus on those leads and calling them. I think a lot of people, we're still doing the drawing for dollars challenge, right? And we're getting a lot of people getting deals, great results stuff. But I think some people are like, they're focusing on how many leads they can pull. It's not about that. It's how many leads you can pull and call, right? Like it's, it, it's a double whammy, right? And so focus on pulling the leads and calling them over getting that first deal. Cause just talking about getting your first deal is not going to get, it's not income producing. Doing leads, talking to sellers, doing appointments, giving offers, that's income producing, right? And really, even if you're looking at big goals, let's talk about a big goal right here, right? I'm going to make a hundred thousand dollars. What is it going to take next year in 2023 to make a hundred thousand dollars? What's an equation? I'll throw it out here, right? Mm-hmm. Calling, I'm good at math. Calling and texting 5,000 government leads. Fresh government leads, right? Monthly. That's most likely what it's going to take to make $10,000, $100,000 if you're making 10, 15, 20K a deal, right? So just think about that. Stop caring about 100,000 as the number. The number is actually 5,000. Pulling 5,000 government leads, skip tracing them, and cold calling them. And I would say texting on top of that. And probably calling that list maybe once or twice. That is what's most likely going to yield you the results. If you stop looking at the 100,000 from there, you're like, oh, I got to make a website. I got to do this crazy SMS text blasting. And then from there, I got to go pull this list, this list. I got to get the software. I got to do that. Stop, fo like, stop focusing on that. Focus on the government leads and get to work. If you start focusing on the actions, the results will follow. So if someone says, Zach, I, I want to make 100K, but I'm not 100K. How many government lists did you pull? I didn't pull 5,000. Okay, we'll do that and get back to me, right? Like, that's it. There's no room to complain. The only room is to say, did I pull this? And if I did not, what's the course of action to change it? Start making yourself accountable. I can be accountable for yourself too, but like, I'm just telling you, you have to start looking at the action and the results will follow. And that is truly how you become successful in wholesaling. This was not a video we're making because we think it's going to get oh, all these views. All these, I, just, this is the honest truth. It won't increase core sales. It will not increase core sales, right? But this is a video I don't think a lot of people want to hear or want to see, but it, it's the video they need to see. And this is a video all about self-accountability to yourself. And when you're looking at the course of what you're doing, and I know a lot of people are serious about getting results. If you're serious about getting results, you got to be serious about your actions. 
And if you're not, you won't be serious about, you know, making the money. So that's what I think about it. Right. I just yeah. actions equal results. And that's the honest truth. So let me know if you guys have any questions about that. Let me see if you agree. If you don't agree, I I'd love to know, but yeah, th that's pretty much it today on, uh, the equation to make it rich. So one thing we got to get into now, which is probably the most important part of this video, because you know, tomorrow is Turkey day, right? Tomorrow's Thanksgiving, which oh, means, is it? yeah, which means Friday's coming up. And since Friday's coming up, it's a black Friday. I got told from my boss who actually owns the coaching company we own. We're, yeah. we're, we're just the faces of it. You know, yeah. we actually have some of that. We have to pay a really big percentage of our coaching fees too, because um, you might not know this, but a lot of coaches, I'm going to get in trouble saying this. There's actually companies that actually own them. And I don't want to, I don't want to get into it too much. Y'all, y'all can do independent research. Y'all are free thinkers. You won't ever hear this, but there's corporations that actually get a huge cut of every single course sale because they're puppets. They're literally puppets to the guru, uh, the guru bosses. So you got guru here. Somebody actually owns the guru company and tells the guru what to do. They're basically paid actors. It's kind of fine. I'm not going to break it down, but maybe I start asking some questions to, to some gurus. Not every guru is like this, but very high percentage. You'll be very shocked. Um, the game is very surprising, right? When we got pitched to do a show on a major TV network, multiple TV networks, um, they didn't have a son in the NDAs, but they, uh, it was pretty funny. So we're allowed to say this. I didn't get into that part, but uh, they kind of sat us down and told us, hey, if you're going to be on this TV show, we're going to control your social media. We're going to tell you what to post, how to post, and how frequently to post, and what to say and what you can't say. And if we don't deem it, and you have to, here's uh, Sarah, and Sarah is a showrunner, and not yeah. the showrunner, but um, I don't know what they called it, but they, you have to send every social media thing you're going to do to them. They have to approve it. YouTube, Instagram, all of it. I'm like, yeah. screw that, right? And plus, screw yeah, that. Plus, <laughs> they want you to have a script, which. Oh yeah. What's the point of reality show? Like, like I listen. Everything that has a element of reality in it is is pretty fake. I just why because they just want to get views, and the reason why a lot of the gurus want to get views on their YouTube channel and stuff, so they can get more eyeballs on their courses. So you guys, the one thing you got to watch out going forward, free is no longer what the free means. And me and Zach are on a mission that actually make free what it's supposed to be. Because aren't you guys tired of being tricked into everything? It's like, I'm going to give you free content. So here's how you know if you're getting free content or not. Just see if they got a coaching program and you got to do a discovery no. call and I'll save you the hassle. We'll do this. If somebody has a free wholesaling course, go through. You could sign up, go for it. I probably would not. But here's the funniest part. Every free wholesaling course I see in wholesaling, I've seen like about 10 of them and I'm signed up for all of them. They'll teach you marketing. They'll teach you a little, they'll give you one cash buyer video. And then there's an acquisitions video on how to close sellers. You click it and says, that's a premium content. Click for a discovery call. They won't teach you the acquisition. So they'll make you learn marketing. They'll teach you a little bit of dispositions and then get a little confused. Like, wait, how do I close sellers? They're confusing on purpose. I'll make it very clear if you pay me my um, eight, nine, 10 grand, right? Here's the thing. These gurus are driving me crazy. You're going to see a ton of black Friday sales. I'm, my phone is inundated with them right now. Yeah, so we're doing our own Black Friday sale yeah. at freeholstling.com. We are, you know what? I did 50% off. Screw it. We're doing 80% off freeholstling.com today. One day only for the next 
four people that sign up, 80% off. So we are going from $0 is our full price, 80% off of that. Hold on. I, I think we're going to owe them money. No, no. I got to do the math. What is – Guys, the, the, these black – two yeah. times zero equals zero. So $0, 80% off Black Friday sale. Only the first four people that sign up. If you don't sign up, then it's only going to be 10% off. Use the coupon code BROKEGURU for another 10% off. Yeah. You guys just <laughs> – I mean, it's – it's. I don't know. Here's if, my favorite if you part. guys got to pay someone to, to like learn wholesaling, you, you're in the wrong boat. And most people I talk to, they're like, well, Rick, I want to pay someone so I can be accountable. I'm like, do you really think if you pay someone, they're going to like lose sleep about you overnight if you did a deal or not? They don't care. Like, honestly, they're just going to tell you they care. And that's what you're going to... At some point, our channel focuses all on like how you need to be accountable. Because here's the reality, guys. A lot of people don't talk about this. Unless you really pair up with somebody in your local market and they show you the ins and outs, you're not going to get any more detail from a wholesaling instructor. It's impossible because one thing we've all proven is all markets are local. So if you know they're local, then I can't teach you the details of the pricing in your market, but I can teach you the instruction to find motivated well, we can sellers. Teach you the because we do a lot of virtual markets. No, I agree. So but I'm just pair. telling you, it's just, there's only so much like they can tell you. So it's at the end of the day, wholesaling is actually very simple. We, meaning you and I, we all make it complicated and we need to simplify it. And then they throw all this money between you and getting the results you want. And then they have, we, everybody's got social media channels. You all say like all the social media channels on anybody who sells a coaching course, it's very bland. Why? Because they can't talk about their course, which is 95% of what, 90% of what we talk about. Well, we have fun on here, but the reality is like we go through. So when we do the lives with you guys, we walk through, Hey, this is what you need to do. We also go to freewholesaling.com, show you how to do it. We go to mailing mastery, show you how to do it. You go to Zach data. I mean, this is endless. We provide solutions without putting a financial barrier for you to learn a basic skill like wholesaling, which you learned your ABCs. Nobody charged you. You imagine your parents going, I'm sorry. You have to pay me to learn. your Here's ABCs. the thing. If you want to know, here, here's the problem with black Friday. If you want to know the funniest part about black Friday, they'll tell you a thousand bucks off the <laughs> mentorship. Are you ready? I've actually seen this a thousand bucks off the men. No, 2000 bucks off the mentorship. Okay. 2000 bucks off of what? Call for a discovery call, but you'll get $2,000 off of it. Oh. But we're not going to tell you the price. It's the funniest thing ever. They hide the price from you. Do you could you imagine if you went to the grocery store to buy a turkey and it's a mystery per pound? This is the worst thing. Have you ever gone to a menu? I mean, remember I used to uh, not Mar make as much money. Market price. Market price. Like, that's what guru should put on their thing. Market price. And you know what? Now I can look, I, I can just, or I order steak and lobster, like without looking at the price. But like back then I wasn't able to do it, but like I look at lob, it says market price for lobster. I'm like, is this going to be a hundred bucks? Is it going to be 50 bucks? Sometimes it's like 150, but I'm like, you know what? And what's the way to waitress tell you? Like, if you got to ask, you're probably gonna yeah, right. you're not so, going to like it. The, my thing is like, if Tony Robbins can put all his programs on it and he has programs up to a hundred thousand dollars. And people line up out the door for him. And the discovery calls after they already know the price. You know the reason why they don't want to put the price on there, right? Less Remember? sales. Well, 
Number one, it changes constantly. And then number two, the data says the minute somebody gets an expensive price, they're just going to hang up on you. So how do you feel about being talked into learning a basic skill set? And then they're going to hide the price on it. Like to me. So what I hate in this whole business is the word value. It's beyond abused. What is value? And the reality is what me and Zach is value. Like nobody can exceed our value. Why? Because we're going to give it to you if you paid us or not. It is value. So look at this. This is the way I look at it, right? It's not, this is not college. Okay. This is elementary school. So we look at real estate, right? Real estate wholesaling. You look at real estate investing. It's like college. And then you got all this crazy stuff. Wholesaling real estate specifically is elementary school. Okay. It's kindergarten through fifth grade. And I want you to know is if you look at this and this is the funny, uh, let me give you a quick analogy about elementary school. Okay. Uh Elementary school, you learn your ABCs, you learn basic math. You don't do anything crazy in elementary school, right? It's kind of wholesaling, right? You make millions of, you can do very bright, right? They should have wholesaling as a course. They should. I might, you know what? They should. Okay. Here's the thing. You can pay a guru to learn your ABCs, right? Like, so you can go to a crazy elite private uh, pre-K or a private school for elementary school and you go to public elementary school. Uh-huh. I could tell you straight up the difference in the val- the difference in the education and getting elementary school is not going to be crazy insane. Like, it's really not like you, basic. it's, it's so basic that paying 50 K a semester for the private uh, second grade is really not going to make you any smarter. And one thing I can tell you is this is our big riff I have. In fifth grade, they had the gifted program. And they never put me in the gifted program because I don't know why. Parents go nuts for gifted. I, know. I, I was, was never. Big, that was a big part of you me. You never wanted me in gifted program. I didn't because no. I've, my kid's gifted. So here's the thing. You look at the gifted program, okay? I was never in the gifted program. But here's the, I always got straight A's, but I was never in the gifted program. There's a reason why. You look at the kids from the fifth grade gifted program. They all went to the same high school with me. And then you look at the public school kids that didn't go through the gifted program or the private schools. The ones that got into the top universities, the people that got in the top public schools, top people that got full red scholarships, I would say about 10, 15% of them were in the gifted, like the gifted kids got in it. And most of those kids in the gifted never got the top results, right? And what that means is the private, because the gifted kids got the special, insane, like dedicated uh, thing. It didn't make them any smarter. The, the, the same percent percentage of the gifted kids got in the top schools as the public school kids, which meant since those elementary gifted school kids in second grade to fifth grade got the most insane, they played like Sebastian Bach, you know, like the, the Mozart. And like, I'm just like playing basketball in recess. The public school kids actually did the same. They did just as good as the gifted kids in the scores when it came to high school and like the upper levels in college. Right. Yeah. What does that mean? I went to a, I went a kid in my fifth grade class went to Yale, never got never he went to he got into Yale, um, and another gal went to Dartmouth, fifth grade public school class. None of those kids went to any Ivy League schools in the gifted program, but the public school kids did, and just shows you like getting in elementary school, getting the special super private education is not going to make you it's elementary school. Okay, it's elementary school. All right. Now you can talk about Harvard versus a community college. Like that's different, right? For computer engineering. But yeah. like the wholesaling is literally elementary school. Okay. There's creative financing. There's multifamily. There's like crazy high level syndication apartment like thing. 
But that is not elementary school. What we are talking about is elementary school. This is wholesaling real it's estate. basic, guys. You can't like overcomplicate wholesaling. And this thing where people go, well, you can use a mentor to, uh, you know, accountability and they have details to get you through it. And then they go, uh, you know, like the, uh, the Bill Belichick of coaching. Guys, you need like, you, you remember your old PAL coach? I go, here's the deal, dude. The old baseball is like, um, you're going to hit the ball a hundred times and you're going to field that ball. Like, remember the guy hit you at the bat and like, so I always wanted to get out of the way when the ball was like flying, it was ricocheting up. And eventually he taught me, he goes, listen, that ball ain't going to kill you, son. It might hurt a little bit, but you got to make the stop if you want to make and play on the team. But I don't know today, man, everybody wants a trophy and everybody wants to play. The reality of the world is you want to put the work in and you'll put in the time, it'll work. But I agree with wholesaling. It is a rudimentary, like people overcomplicate it. Guys, notice we we our goal is to get you to your first deal and get your first hundred grand. You can agree or not agree with it. It's our opinion. For ninety percent of people watching, it's key to get your first hundred grand. Now, I would say about five people, five percent of the people watching are making over a hundred grand learning from us. And those are people we help at freelancing.com. We help those people out. For most people watching this. Our biggest goal is to get you to that 100 grand. Middle school is 100K to a, mi to a million. And then high school is a million plus. And then you got, you got the crazier levels in there. But like, that's kind of what, like, we want to help most people out here make to 100 grand, 100 grand, right? That really gets you in a comfortable position. And then for the 5% people watching that is finally at 100 grand consistently, now we're going to help you make a million, right? And we help a lot of people out there. We do scaling videos. But for most people, that that's the point. You're yeah, completely it's, agree. it's not for everyone. Like, get, like, trust me, you have to be elite to get there and do it. But listen, wholesaling, you do it to achieve the lifestyle you want. It can't only be about the money. I promise you, because if it's only about the money, you ain't going to make it. So if, if you desire freedom, if you want to do what you want, when you want, if you want to be in control instead of depending on other people, this is a great way to start. So why not start wholesaling? Work with us. I have 21 years experience. He's going on six. That puts you at 27 years experience. I haven't found many duos that have much more experience than we do. And here's the key is we still operate a wholesaling business. And the reality is most gurus, they don't. And when you guys, so I see in the comments, the once you start asking them questions, that's when it falls apart. Do you know most people never, ever question a guru on anything? When they're on stage or anything, can you ever ask anything? It all sounds like a picture perfect story and it sounds like a Facebook post. The reality is oh, this business got a lot of ups and downs and this wholesaling is simple. It, it's basically a grade school skill and you need to learn how to get your first deal and get up and running. The problem is if you guys spend five or 10 grand to get your first deal. And by the way, most gurus are going to push you to use paid advertising methods. Why? Because it's easier for them because it'll show you a more instant result. But say you spend 10 grand in advertising and then you spend another 10 on the guru and you're three months and you don't have a deal, then what are you gonna do? You're in big trouble then. So the reality is if you can learn how to do a deal with little to no money, imagine what I can do when I, you actually earn money from your profits and you learn how to scale this business. You are going to have infinite success. Instead of being these one hit wonders with gurus, 
most gurus go, hey, listen, he got a deal. They actually take credit for you guys. Are you kidding me? You did the work. The guru just, maybe they gave you some good tips on it. I'd like to take full credit for everyone. I take deals. no credit for people no to become credit. successful. You guys do it. Like we don't, we just give you instructions. And so we focus on action. What I, what I tell you is about 5% of the game, right? So 5% of the game of you getting your first deal, making first 100K is just knowing what to do. But 95% of it, everybody can know what to do, right? So it's like me teaching you, you know, how to, you know, be healthy. I could, people know what to do to be healthy. Yeah. Sleep well, eat right. Like it, it's just basics, right? So let but, me ask you, if I stop eating today, I should be significantly lighter by tonight, right? No, That's it's the over time. People's mentality. But, but here's the thing. You know what to do. It's just you actually doing the action. That's what it's going to take. Like that, that's how you're going to know if you're actually being successful or not, because like, you know what to do to be healthy. Yeah. But 95% of the battles, you working out, eating right, all this stuff. So I don't take credit when you guys come very successful, get your first, second, third. It's, it's all excited about for you. I'm excited. Honestly, the 5% is important because if you don't have that, right, you're not going to do well. And the gurus only give you about 2%. So, so I, I, I've seen yeah. like gurus posting where like, We've had thousands of testimonials. By the way, I don't ask for testimonials. I occasionally we, we put them on a podcast to feature them to get you guys excited about it. But I never use any of you as a platform to go, hey, if you do this, you're going to have success like them. Number one, we always give you credit for you because it's your hard work and you deserve it. And the reason why we post checks and stuff like to show you guys this stuff really works. It's not hard. And then I saw somebody posting about a guru shooting us down actually we expect it the minute a guru like agrees with me and zach you're probably in the twilight zone and you better like pinch yourself because most likely you're going to be in a dream because i'm not here to get them to agree with us the minute would you say a minute a guru agrees with us well some gurus are so let, let me tell you one thing then we're, we're start with the guru talk okay. and we'll get more but i actually have a lot of gurus call me they all have my number a lot of them actually call me personally and they agree with what i say they don't agree with how we do things and they don't agree about giving things for free, but well, cause it ruins their business model. It ruins their business model, but I have nothing personally against any guru. I, I, I actually don't, you know, You're I do believe in what trying to make a living. Here's the thing. I believe in the free market and I, I am the biggest believer in the free market, capitalism, free markets, everything. Like yeah. I, I, I believe in it, but because of that, people have a right to sell a course on wholesaling. They, they, of course they do. They have a right for it. It's capitalism. It's America. No executive orders to stop that. No, no. Go after it, right? <laughs> but because of this, I believe in a free market where if you can provide something for a cheaper price, that helps the consumer, that helps the wholesaler out. So if the average cost of insulin is $5,000 and then every single person charges $5,000 for insulin, which is necessary for most people, Mm -hmm. for life, right? But it's necessary for people financially to learn wholesaling. What if I can provide that insulin for $0, right? Yeah. And that's the way I look at it. And no, it's not as drastic as that, right? Like I, I would love to get insulin down there, but like there's a cost to insulin. Like there's research, medications, all this stuff. Yeah. But here's the thing. Sometimes you can make an alternative to the drug and make it super cheap, right? So uh, there's alternatives to like these crazy um, medications that are like $10,000 each that they fit, they figure out how to make a general uh, mm -hmm. of it and it costs like five bucks and that's free market in play. Right. And of course there's copyright protections and like that, but here's the thing about wholesaling real estate. 
I wanted to give that service the average cost of five grand down to zero dollars. And that is what I'm doing. So I don't hate the gurus. Um, oh, I think just... a lot of people think I hate them or I'm bashed. Here's the thing. I just truly believe in what we do and how we help people out as much as possible. So no, I, I don't hate somebody. Um, I don't have you know hatred in my heart for them, but I, I do want to change the way they're doing things because I truly believe these gurus, seriously, I, I know most of them are watching. If you just JV'd with people and maybe took some YouTube ad revenue, maybe that's enough money you don't have to be charging $5,000 for and just make all the money in your own wholesaling business. Focus that time effort into being a guru. These gurus spend seven to eight hours a day on Zooms. If you spent that in your own wholesaling real estate business, you'd make more money. So that's why that is a highly paid self-employment job. And then they turn around and tell you, don't trade your time for money. And that's what they're doing. By the way, I've never met, I have never ever met a guru, someone does full-time coaching that has not burned out from it. Because they all say the same thing. They get they get frustrated with your guys' lack of success. And listen, it's I'm not, I'm just stereotyping. I am. There are a few exceptions, but the reality is, guys, wholesaling is basic. We make this way complicated. And I never expect gurus to agree with me. By the way, I'm friends with most of them. I just, I've, I've had it with this business, the way it's run. It's ridiculous. And so we are making a step forward. And the only person I try to make happy is who? You guys. Well, yeah, my oh, wife, oh, my wife, my That's dog, my daughter. Answer. Oh, you're going to get in trouble. Uh, well, one. hopefully she won't watch this today. She got in trouble for that She's one. cooking in the kitchen. So I understand like all we do is listen to you guys. And if we just listen to you, so 95% of the gurus are all over us. You got to stop it. Like, no, I'm not stopping it. If I can just help out one person, what do you care? Like, I, I don't understand why anyone would get, the only reason you get upset is because it's hurting your business model. And change is inevitable. It doesn't matter. Change is coming if you like it or not. So if you don't want to accept the change, then keep doing what you're doing. I don't care. But your discovery, so that you guys understand when you pay a guru five to $10,000, almost 50% of what you pay him goes to their cost structure, sales team, setting up systems and all that other stuff. So you're paying for the system of them scaling it. So yeah. guys, simplify it, keep it simple. If you really want it, me and Zach can definitely help you get there. And so you guys understand, we only listen to you. Everything else is just noise. I don't care. That's it. So guys. Let's do some one-on-ones. Let's kind of help the people out today. If you want to hop on these one-on-ones and talk to us absolutely for free, all you got to do is go to Wholesaling Houses for Real right here. And if you go here, right, go to the featured, which is pinned two hours ago I posted this, so y'all had time. All you got to do is click the join here on StreamYard and actually join. So if you want to actually click this link and actually have access to it, all you got to do is just join Wholesaling Houses for Real on Facebook. So uh, that's it. So without further ado, if you hop on there, you'll get to talk to us absolutely for free, one-on-one, and you can actually go out here and do it. So uh, without further ado, let's talk to the people and see what I can do to help. So first off, we got Fernando. What's up, guys? How you doing? Good. How are you? How are you? Pretty good. Pretty good. Just wanted to come by and say, bam, second one done. Oh, snap. How much is that? That is ten thousand three hundred seventy-five. Oh Woo! wow, man, that's awesome, man! Wow, congratulations! Thank you, thank you. Tell that's us a little amazing. bit more about it. Yeah, I want to hear all about that. Yeah, so 
So it's been five months in the work um, since my first deal. So it's, I've been grinding, getting at, getting at it. Um, I had that was a reverse driving for dollars lead that awesome. um, you know I left a sticky note on, and the realtor actually called me. So the seller the the seller got the property from their mom who passed away unfortunately and so and the house was like completely gutted like they were in the middle of remodeling it but she passed away um and so i put the sticky note on there because it was um as a probate lead and so i all the probates and i just stick put sticky notes on them and the realtor called me and we made it work like that Sticky notes work. Yeah, sticky I'm telling notes. you. Yeah, I, we're awesome, just man. giving you guys exercises to like waste your time yeah. and energy. I promise you. So. <laughs> what I say, you know what? Fernando took it and he got his first uh, second deal there. So I love it. Dude, that's awesome. How does that feel, man? Well, it feels great because imagine like going five months just grinding, grinding, and not seeing a result. And finally, like one came up, especially now with everything changing, everything being you know a little bit harder. I was like, man, I wonder if this is, you know, I wonder what's going on. But luckily, it it, it panned through. So, and and in between, in between the first one and the second one, I had two that fell through. Like, which is funny that you mentioned um, before about oh, deals don't fall through. Um, I I guess yeah, those the two ones that I did before, I just got them at a higher price than you know what they were worth. So, oh, well, you no, learned from it. Yeah, exactly, and, and you know, and um, but yeah. And so I'm on to the next one. I guess I'm going to ask you all the same question that I asked you the first time. Uh, what I do now? <laughs> keep going. You know, like you got to keep the sticky notes going. You got to keep just after it, right? Repeat um, it. And you don't know this yet, but as you move forward, you really learn how to talk to people a lot better. So oh yeah. like when that next deal comes up, you're going to find a lot more profit in it and you're going to have a lot more options. And especially rolling into 2023 guys, we have change coming to the market and what you, what seems difficult now is going to be your greatest strength in 2023 because change is why people make decisions in real estate. Remember real estate is nothing more than symptoms of human problems. Mm -hmm. So people are starting to accept people would you say people have accepted their prices aren't going up anymore right yeah for sure yeah, there's some so, people who are still kind of delusional but yeah for the no, most that's part, correct people. so that's phase one of a deteriorating market okay remember real estate takes so much more time to drop than than you know stock markets stuff like that so real uh sellers have accepted their prices aren't going up mm -hmm. so they do this what we call a downward spiral so now we're in the process of them chasing yesterday's prices. Okay. So if I said, say a realtor said, listen, uh, four months ago, listen, I probably sell yourselves for 200. And then here's what we're going to do. We're going to use the strategy. We're going to list it for 219 and see if we can get someone overpaid. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. Lo and behold, the, the, the market drops, interest rates go up, buyers drop, inventory like just smoking up. And after like a month or two, they go, well, Let's drop it to 2099. Okay. Mm -hmm. So then they drop it for another month. And then the seller is going to call and go, listen, uh, what the heck's going on here? Like, we're not even getting offers, nothing. He's like, yeah, the market's changed. We're going to have to get below 200 to even get an offer. Okay. Was that going to sell it low? That should get us the action. 
They're at 199. So do you see how they're constantly chasing yesterday's price? Yeah. This will go on for probably another three to six months. And right. then you're going to get to a point where there's so much inventory, there's so much choice on the market that buyers are going to be like, they'll just pick whatever they want. And sellers will do what we call give up. They're just going to go, just sell it. Okay. <clears throat> I've been there. We've all been there to a point. And when that happens, those that are prepared and know how to negotiate with people will do very well because we are now past the price increases. Everyone's accepted their prices are flat, if not dropping. And now they're doing the spiral downward. So they're always chasing yesterday's prices. At some point, they can only live so long having a vacant house on the market, making payments, insurance, taxes, mortgage payments. And you're going to see this just get worse. So knowing that going into 2023, it's frustrating right now because even you guys are going, well, these prices are looking good right now. They're not, guys. You're looking at yesterday's prices. They're only going to get much, much cheaper, and you got to realize it. So it's like looking at a stock. Say you were looking at the Tesla stock, and it looked really attractive at 300 Guys, dude, that thing went all the way down to like 110 120 And so we're all thinking, oh, it was 1000 300 is a deal. It just – so you don't get um, what I call um, – like price goggles, meaning you're looking in the past at prices. You go, that's a good price. So here's how you prevent that. Guess what? When somebody offers you a property, don't get stuck on what they offer it for. So I did a live the other day. Someone's like, well, he wanted 200. So I offered him like 170. I go, what was the ARV? He's like, oh, they made their offer based on what the seller told them. And mm -hmm. that's what's going to get you in a lot of trouble in this market. So they have no idea what their houses are worth. They're actually looking for realtors to help. Realtors don't know either. They just know they're having problems. So moving forward, you've got to find the right numbers. And it's been really easy the last four or five years before this. So now it actually requires work. It requires research. And for the most part, you need to work with very motivated sellers and you have to go for a no price. Otherwise, the days of... Remember when you could go on MLS, you could offer stuff 85, 90 cents on the dollar and you didn't even worry about it. Like now that's suicide in today's market. Yeah. So going forward, understanding you're looking at old prices. Everyone's like, oh my God, it looks like such a good deal today. Don't. What is it worth today? And what is the conservative ARV on it? Stop looking at the prices sellers give you because mm -hmm. it's usually erroneous information. It's bad. And if you start on bad numbers, it's almost impossible to recover at the right number. Yeah. You're well, right. I got I got into this like like when this is all going on. So I don't even know about. Uh, I've never been in you know that great market that y'all were in. Like, well, that's um, good because most of those people have quit, and then you got a lot of gurus just like, okay, here's what you do, and they've never ever navigated through these waters. The reality is wholesaling. You can't time it. It doesn't matter. I've made a ton of money in the hottest part of the market. And I've made it at the worst in 2000, like nine and 10. You want to talk like I struggled to sell any property. How did I survive? I spent a lot more time with my cash buyers and I got really creative. So we are right back in that scenario. I do. I love easy street when it comes because it's easy to take the money, but like you got to live on the tough days, dude. Yep. It's like watching a football game. What was that football game? That it was like three to, it was the Jets game. It was oh, three yeah. to three rolling yeah. at the end. And guess what? Someone gave up and 16 seconds left on the clock. This guy goes, I'm just going to take it to the house, man. Guy yeah. returns a punt. The first one in the NFL this year, it just goes to show you, you've got to fight like every day and you can't accept the norm. 
So these changing markets are going to drive most wholesalers out. And the ones that can adapt and go forward, I know it seems like a struggle. Number one, you're still a little bit new, which is the good part. Number two, you're in an ever-changing market. So buy today. And guys, please get the ARVs right and stop letting sellers give it to you because it's wrong. Mm -hmm. And if you start on bad information, you're going to finish on bad information. So how do, you, how do you navigate through it? You build rapport. You have conversations with people. You hit them with the go for no, and then you just negotiate and work through it. And a lot of times you get the deals on the follow-up. Here's the really cool part, Fernando. No one's swiping deals from you anymore. It ain't happening, man. Like, hey, I got another wholesaler doing great, awesome. Have them go ahead and close on it. Actually, I'll sit back and watch. It's not going to happen. That threat is over. Remember, we did like the last four years. It was torture. So-and-so will pay X amount of more, and we felt like we had to bid up those days are over. So I'm excited about it. So what seems difficult now will be your greatest asset. So I honestly, I thought 2009, 10, I'm like, I don't even know what the future of wholesaling was because it was a real struggle. And then for 11 years, Fernando is the easiest pickings I've ever seen. Wow. So the struggle you can endure now and the wholesaler you become is going to create your successes. It's like that fighter who just got beat up in a 15 round fight. It's the man that comes out of it or the woman that comes out of it that makes them the great fighter um, going forward. And you're in it. And guys, I will tell you this. Your greatest strengths, your greatest, like how you grow in life is when you get your butt kicked and you're struggling. Do you know all the greatest inventions, all the greatest like companies created are from struggle. They're never from like, everything's great. Yeah. Okay. You guys have recently seen a company that, when everything was great, everybody was happy. And the minute it fell apart, everybody just like jumped shit. I want nothing to do with it. Take their sign off my building, you know? And it's like, give me a break, man. So I commend you on what you're doing. Like, I like, I, I it's like when I watched Zach when he started, although I was heavy on him on top of him, it's just you have to go through the journey. And much as you guys are well, as he goes, Zach was your son, you made it easy. I go, no, no, no. He put in the work. He took the action. That's what you guys don't understand. He did the action. He did action tenfold what the average person would even try to do. And that's what you got to take out of it. So congratulations on your success. Just keep doing what you're doing it. And then just keep trying to increase your actions, the level of actions you take. Because now you have the ability to point it a little bit more uh, precise. And before you were just kind of like, you just kind of like, sh you know, shoot an open net. And now you're yeah. like, okay, I've had success. So some of my graded, here's another tip for you guys. Look at the deals that you've closed and use it as a real learning lesson. How did I get that deal? How can I get more deals like that? And what did I say to that person to make it work? And now no two deals are exactly alike, but you will find common themes. That's how I found probate. You guys realize I went on a seven-year journey till I really targeted probates. Why? Mm -hmm because I did it a internal search on the deals I was working on. So I, I know it's only two, but like, don't stop what you're doing with that and just find out how you can do it more without driving yourself nuts. Yeah. Cause the first one was cold calling and this one was reverse drive for dollars. So I'm just, so I, I made this recently. I, 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 so just so I can, you know, be on schedule, but can you see that? It's yeah, like, a I like it. Here, let me make it bigger for you. Oh yeah. That's cool. Yeah. And, and key is guys, it, it, it's great. whatever works for you. So like I'm an old school paper guy still, I like to write stuff down 
and this guy's Mr. Electronics. It drives, drives me nuts. But my calendar is filled with things and it's perfect. But I, I'm getting better with my calendar because he helps me with it. Um, my wife's a, a big part of it. And like I'm slowly adapting. Change is hard for all of us. But like yeah. you give me a piece of paper, like it's done. But like whatever clicks with you is going to get you to take action. Yeah. And then take some time like um, when and I'm sure this next month we'll talk about goals on like uh, you know, making growth in 2023, but like do what you're doing. So many people get screwed up because they try to do things differently. And I'm just like, this is boring. This is the boring part of wholesaling. Just do it. And then the idea is where you can consistently get two, three, five deals a month. And by the way, do not let someone ever measure you by the number of deals you do a month. Cause it's, it's irrelevant. It's how much money you make. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I guess just, just so I can, um, to finish off here, any, word of advice so I can get consistent, you know, consistent deals out of it. Cause I've been consistent with the action. I, I just don't, I don't, I don't know where I'm failing at, you know? So any, are you going after the areas where your cash buyers are wanting to be? Yeah. So I've learned that there's definitely parts here in Pensacola that cash buyers are not buying just cause they're really rough. And so I'm definitely like sticking to like four or five. Yeah. Four zip codes for the most part that they're buying in that I see other people posting deals in. So I'm sticking to that. Um, uh, also, but for the, for the most part, that's where I do a lot of drying for dollars, but also on the, when I get the probate leads and the pre foreclosure leads, that's where I really um, just put sticky notes on all, all of them. Doesn't matter where they are. So I don't know if I should stop doing that. Only focus the probates in certain areas. I don't know. Uh, focus the probates in the areas where your cash buyers are wanting to buy it at. And that's probably my best advice and just go after the areas where the cash buyers want. Because you you had you said before that two of your big issues were deals falling apart because maybe the price is too high. But maybe if you go after the area where the cash buyers want, you can get a bigger, better price, which might make it a little easier. So that's the thing I could tell you keep consistent. Like just it's a grind. Okay. It get it gets easier. It just uh yeah. it, it's you've hit it during like you know, a pretty radical change, but this is going to benefit you in the long run. Cause I went through this exact same thing. The problem is I got used to easy street and then easy street turned into like, don't come down this road street for two years. No street. And so here's the good news. Most down markets only last on average about 18 to 24 months. When I say down, now that doesn't mean it's, if it goes flat, this business actually gets somewhat easier because the prices become predictable, but when they're dropping is the most challenging time in wholesaling. And you're going to have a million people give you instructions, whatever gets you to get like consistent deals, like keep doing it. So look at the data you have now, take, take Zach's suggestion and just like move forward. Do not overcomplicate this business. Cause yeah. the, the way, way I see it, the way I see it, like starting in this situation is like, I'm doing pull-ups with a weighted vest and hopefully when when everything gets better it's when the vest gets taken off and it's a little easier i assume i don't know is that what you're saying i will but i don't know when the vest is coming off you don't yeah, know yeah, yeah, I don't know. and that's yeah. the key and yeah. what happens the reality the vest never comes off you just get stronger and you grow and you just mm -hmm. like it just seems either like honestly the way i wholesale like the way that it just seems effortless but honestly guys i had a seven-year journey that it was painful, man. Like I made a ton of mistakes. I, I did. I had to learn everything on the fly because I didn't have anybody really to truly teach you how to scale wholesaling. And by the time it came, um, 
I was already kind of established what I was doing. Now I learned a lot from people, but I've learned that the more people teach the masses, like these cute little techniques, the, the yeah. faster they get shut down in my opinion. But either way, just okay. keep doing what you're doing. At least you're getting results. And the idea is you can increase your profit margins, but like, don't get greedy, especially in this market. Sometimes you just have to take a deal and run. So okay. like sometimes I tell people, uh, you'll never get hurt taking a profit. And some people have too much pride to get in their way. But I got to tell you, uh, from 08 to 2010 really made me who I am as a wholesaler today. Like, okay. and you know, I did, all I did was, all I did was go into the core of wholesaling. I find it the, the best list possible and I market them like crazy. And I just met with a ton of sellers and the amount of deals that fell apart and stuff like that, I could probably write a book on it, but, um, and the amount of times I say, man, I'm not sure if I want to do this, but I remember why I do it. I get freedom of my time. I get to do what I want and yeah. I, I write my own book and I never forget about that. If you do wholesaling, correct. And by the way, just, you don't have to wholesale your entire life. Like it's, you can set up a, if you learn it well, you set up a business and let other people like run it and you can run it from the top. And then you can focus on like bigger deals and doing it that way. And that's perfectly acceptable. So I always tell people, if you can get through the two year grind, mine was seven just because I didn't know what I was doing. So I'm just telling you two years is going to seem effortless. So you're in your first five months. So like, enjoy the journey, man. It's, I'd no like to tell you there's some light bulb, something super sexy goes on, but man, 2023 is, can you imagine taking your first five months trying to learn this in 2023 is you've gotten through it. Most people don't want to go through the pain of learning wholesaling and that's why they don't succeed. It doesn't matter if it's paid or not. It's the truth. And by the way, if you pay someone, you still have to go through the journey. It's impossible to skip it because the journey is how you learn the business. And anybody who's yeah. any good at wholesaling will tell you the exact same. And any guru who tells you you're going to skip it yeah. is just after the uh, cash in your wallet. End of story. So keep doing what you're doing. That's the honest to God truth. I know it doesn't sound sexy, but it is the truth. <laughs> okay. I'll do that. I'll do that. And um, thank you. Thank you guys. Appreciate everything. Okay. Appreciate Keep doing the, it, man. Great job, Fernando. Keep it up. Thanks guys. I'll post it on the group. So you okay. all right. Love awesome, it. man. Keep it up. See you. Thank you. Boom. Awesome. Awesome. Then next year we got Christian. Hey, what's going on guys? What's up? How what's are you? What's up, man? I'm doing good. I had a quick question for you guys. Um, Yes, I think it was yesterday. Um, I was just curious about when do you put your leads into Podio and if you can shed some more light on how to effectively use Podio. Podio is pretty simple, man. You click add lead and you put the lead in if you follow the freehostling.com tutorial. If yeah, you sell, yeah, I, I watched the house, you put it in Podio. Kind of. So what's the question? It was more about when. Because I saw yesterday you said if it's a good lead, then you put it into Podio or am I putting okay. all the leads into Podio or like... So once somebody wants to sell their house, you put it in the podio. Now you have to define what a lead is. And a lead okay. is someone that they have to have some sort of interest selling to you. Um, okay. So a lot of people make the mistake of uploading their prospect leads in the podio or any CRM. And that will just confuse the heck out of you. Cause now you've got thousands of people in there and you don't even like know what their motivation is or if they even want to work with you. So if I had 500 people and I'm cold calling for the next like three hours, I'm only going to take the people that want to progress and move on. Okay. Cause you have gotcha. to filter. Okay. Otherwise it just, 
I'm going to tell you, after three months, your podio, it looks really cool. You got like 5,000 people in there, but you're only working. But none want to sell the house. Yeah. So you have to, the idea of the CRM is so you can work at a scalable level so you don't have to memorize everything. So and if they want to sell the house, put in a podio. So define a difference between a prospect and a lead. And the idea is to convert your prospect to leads. When it's a lead, it goes into your CRM. Okay. Keep it that simple. That explains it perfectly, actually. Yeah. Awesome. Prospects confuse you. Now, there's other software you can use, but like I'm just here to tell you, a simple uh, Google spreadsheet and stuff like that will help you organize a lot of that stuff. And remember, it's a lot of junk. So you have mm -hmm. to fill your the biggest part of wholesale in the beginning is filtering. So you spend more time. Do you would you say you spend more time qualifying or disqualifying people in wholesaling? I would say qualifying them. You spend more time disqualifying. Because if I deal with 100 prospects, probably less than 10% are interested in talking to me. So 90% is disqualifying. So if you put that 90% into your CRM, it's going to overwhelm you. Because it's okay. just it's going to be... So you can keep those lists separate and then pull them off your prospects into your leads. And once you understand leads are, whenever you bring anybody on your team or to help you out or a VA, anything like that, have them follow the same philosophy. So you know when you're looking in Podio... You're only dealing with people that have interest in working with you. Yep. Perfect. Okay. That, no, that explains it perfectly, actually. Awesome. Okay, man. I Any think I was questions? confusing the two things between a prospect and a lead. No worries. Any other questions? Uh, no, that's it for now, man. I just want to say thank you. I really appreciate what you guys are doing. And the first half of the live was so true because I see in almost every industry now there's a coach and trying to sell something. Well, it's, uh, you know, there's a, uh, they've discovered, actually, Tony Robbins did this. He says the biggest industry going forward is coaching and like mentoring. And listen, I don't have a problem with it. I love like to learn how to do stuff. But the, <laughs> the problem is when you get someone that, what, did three or four deals and now they're a coach and an expert and they're telling the reverse engineer from there, that's where I, I have like issues with it. Like I really, I'd like to see someone like bang out a hundred deals minimum before that. And even a hundred is not a lot, but the problem is there's like no licensing for this stuff. So like anyone can do it. So it's hard to believe. So everybody focuses on their beautiful pitch. And then what you guys have to do is if you're ever going to buy something, you have to focus on the quality because if you mm -hmm. pay for it and you find out it's junk, it's terrible. There's no difference if you like you buy a lemon of a car and you just spent 50 grand on it and you can't drive it. You're going to be upset. The same thing would happen in coaching. So, um, yeah. that's just the truth on it. So. Yeah, it's just great to see that you guys are actually providing quality and it's free. Of course. That's what we're here for. I appreciate it. No problem, man. Have a good one. All right. Have okay, a good one. Soon. All right. Ryan. Hey, how you guys doing today? Good. How are you? I am outstanding. It is a great day. <laughs> What's up? How can I help you out? Hey, um, I was just asking because I remember I talked to you maybe like two, three weeks ago, and um, I was telling you how I was um having an interview with a realtor and all that stuff. It kind of fell through. She called me like an hour later and canceled. And it was kind of like a blessing because you say it was probably pretty much a waste of time anyway. So yes. three days later, I ended up getting a property on a contract. You know, I did Zillow for, for sale by owners in, in Las Vegas. And um, I talked to a gentleman, said an appointment. My partner went out there, got it under contract. Um, now, my thing is... On this, uh, on your uh, contract, the inspection period, we put 30 days. Does that mean we have 30 days from the day we signed for the inspection period? For us, the yep. if, worst case scenario, we might have to get out of the contract. 
Yeah, 30 days. Okay, okay. And just asking because uh, he was asking, he was like asking, I want to say 295 for the property. We got him down to 255. Um, and, you know, I've been going through um, uh, prop stream, Facebook, looking for cash buyers. And to be honest with you, I'm going off of what you guys were saying by look, listening to their feedback. And um, from the feedback I'm getting, I think I have a price too high, to be honest with you. I, because I'm getting it, everyone's saying around um, like 170 and uh, uh, 200 so far. So let me ask you, did you make your offer based on what the seller was initially offering the price on? Well, what I did was I kind of like use your guys' little formula when you're like asking him to mention the price without me mentioning the price. And he was like, well, the lowest I'm able to go down to is uh, 250. So then I was like, okay, well, um, I don't want to give you, uh, I want to be able to give you a definite um, uh, price for when we come out there. So is it okay we schedule an interview? I'll have my partner come out and then we'll be able to discuss a little bit more from there once you do a walkthrough. He was like, fine, sure. We came out there. But now I wasn't there. My partner was, and he locked it in at two fifty-five. Well, Ryan, I have a yes. simple formula for Zillow for Subwayers. Do you know what it is? Um, would it be the one that your dad said, where you just uh, go and look up how much they're charging each month for rent, and times it by hundred? He doesn't. No, that, that, that's, that's for just, stuff that doesn't comps. have comps. Those, yeah. those are no. Those are cash flow comps. This is Zillow for Subwayers. It's seventy okay. percent of okay. the listing price is your MAO. Okay. Seventy-five percent if it's a decent. Of it's a little bigger, but what's do you know 70% of 295? Uh, let me do the math right now. I don't know it offhand. I'm gonna be honest with you. 206,500. 206,500. That's why you oh, made that, him so happy. And that is your MAO. Your MAO. That's and the so maximum, why do you think your cash buyers are at that price? Because that is what the MAO is. Okay. Okay. All right. I ain't a so, dumb when it comes to stuff. I know I know what buyers are willing to take and the especially the Zillow for sale by owners. Why do you think I get 70, 80% at $80,000 reductions? Because I know what the thing's worth. How long is that property listed on uh FISBO for? Uh it was on there for like 25 days. So first of all, that's not that's red flag number one. I okay. only like going after Zillows that have been listed for over a hundred days. Because someone that's enlisted the Zillow for 25 days, haven't, they haven't felt pain. Yeah. Because that 295 he, guy, go ahead. He actually, um, uh, yeah, he actually had it listed, then unlisted it, then relisted it back. Like last year he had it listed for, um, I want to say it was like uh, 305, 310 or something. Then he just marked it down some more. So it's, he's been dealing with it for a while. So I, I don't know. And like. 315? I, I want to say, yeah. Then he went down. 295. He'll be at yeah. 285, 275. He'll keep going down until it actually hits what the market price is. He's spiraling downwards. The, just what I told yeah. you what he's going to do. He's chasing yesterday's prices. Okay. And he thinks by, if I keep waiting and then every month he comes back, okay, I'll take, I'll take last, last quarter's price. No, it adjusted again. This dance is going to go on all the way through summer. Okay. okay, it's only going to get worse. So, how do you prevent this? Number one, seek motivation first and disregard what price point sellers are giving to you, especially on FISBO, because they're typically pricing it off yesterday's market. And you have to come up with a number that's going to make sense. Otherwise, you wind up in predic predicaments what you're at. I give you credit for taking action and writing the offer. We just got to get your numbers right. So when you made the offer, did you figure out what the conservative ARV on it was? Uh, the conservative ARV um, was 335000 
conservative. I'm not for sure what you mean by that. I, I just so, did the number. So, so I was telling him, first of all, how did he, how he came up with the offer and we used Intel based on the seller's expectations, which that can set you up. Because remember, everybody wants to think they have a deal. So if he's got a list at 290, he tells you he'll take 250, 255. You immediately think you have a deal. And then he secretly goes, I'm taking advantage of him. Remember, we want win-win situations. So there's always three sides to the truth. You ever heard that? There's, there, there's your side. side. Yeah, your side, the other sides, and then there's the truth. And there's no difference in like wholesaling. There's your price, which is probably ridiculously low. Seller's price, ridiculously high. And then there's what we call the ARV. And you've got to find like the neutral number on a conservative number of what that property is worth. So what well, did it tell you inside of when you did your comps? What number did you come up with? Did you take a look at it on like PropStream or Batch? I, I used um, Zillow and I got the numbers off of there and I um, did the ARV that way. And that's where I came up with the 335. Now, mind you, um, I just I scrolled through and tried to find ones that were close and that matched the um, same was, uh, square foot and number of bedrooms. Ryan, what was repairs? Thirty thousand. That probably only needs thirty thousand. It's in tip top shape. That's um great flooring. Well, thirty thousand is what I'm getting from all the other cash buyers that are telling me. Because when we looked at it, once again, I didn't look at it. My my partner did, and he walked around it, and the guy had just painted the inside and outside, which we told him he didn't even need to do all that. But he uh, did. And Ryan. so um, and there was something like yes, thirty thousand and. Yeah, I'm sorry. Ryan, for 30000 for a cash buyer, because they're going to want to rent it out or flip it, they don't care about bringing up to the ARV, like perfect condition. Okay. Repairs are going to be a lot more than that, dude. Because okay. their ARV is actually lower than yours. Because, yeah, it'll take 30000 to bring it to 300 maybe. But it's going to need fifty or sixty for that 330 Here's the thing. It's a general rule. You're saying that it's worth on market right now Right, the market value is three thirty minus the thirty thousand repairs equals three hundred thousand. If the property was worth three hundred thousand, the free market would have already decided that that's a good price. I'm going to buy it at that price. The free market has decided it's not worth that. What is something worth? What somebody's willing to pay for it? So if nobody's willing to pay three hundred thousand dollars for it, it's not worth it. I, I mean, I'm assuming I need more cash buyers. Like I need to like because I've been really like I spent. All last night, just getting, uh, just uh, skip tracing different uh, cash buyers and getting a list going on just to be able to call them today. Fine. There's two reasons why you can't sell the deal. Number no, one, no. you locked it up too high or you don't have enough cash buyers. I yes, think sir. you locked it up too high, man. It's okay. A bit of both. If you think you're going to find somebody stupid enough to buy that thing at 300, <laughs> you're going to be wrong, man. Like, no, I don't want to buy it at 300. He's going to learn from the action you took. And that's the key. Even if you take the wrong act, like, you took the action and just kind of went in the wrong direction. It, it's so. Here's my other question: Is there any type of motivation other than price for this guy selling the property? Uh, he 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 said he wanted to get it closed before the beginning of next month because he knows that like next month the part the prices are going to drop. They've that already like dropped. They're, they're they're literally dropping um, every month. So um, it's seventy percent of the Zillow. Like that's the general rule that I have, and if you follow it, you'll do well. The reason why this got, you got to give an offer that really makes you uncomfortable. 
And I don't think he made an offer that made you uncomfortable. And that's why he didn't. Did you wince when you gave him the offer? You're like, no, the other guy did it. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, well, I, I had, um, what I did was, um, I was just impressed that I got him down from the 95 to down to 55. And I was like, oh, wow, I've never done that before. Okay. Ooh. So when, when that happened, I was like really excited. And my partner's really excited. And once again, it's our first time. It's our very first one ever, even doing the contract. So it was more off of excitement, to be honest with you, I want to say. Yeah. And now the excitement's gone. And now I'm more serious on trying to really uh, get this sold because I want to keep my word to this, to this gentleman. Like, yeah, I'm going to get your property sold. Well, well yeah, I, I'll, I'll give you two things. Number one. Teach your partner the go for no strategy because you're going to need it in all of 2023. You, you got to like, if you have the hard conversation up front, your conversation with the cash buyer is really easy. Okay. And if, I'm not going to go into detail on how to do it here, but when you make your first offer, you want it rejected so you can get a counter so you can start a, uh, a healthy negotiations. Number two, you're under contract. How many days have you been under contract under this one for? Uh, we got assigned on the 14th of November. Okay, so you're what ten days into it, roughly? Yes, sir. Um, you should have talked to me before you're yeah. negotiating. I'm you, gonna you need you out. To, I could have helped you. I would get out of that contract. So well, I wouldn't get out of it. I wouldn't get out of it, but you got to have a strategy to get a reduction, correct? Yeah. So here, Ryan, you got excited over a thirteen point five percent reduction in price. A thirteen point five percent reduction in price. That is not worth being excited about. Hashtag winning. Okay, that's thirteen point five percent. So that, that's the same as getting somebody down from 100K to 87K. Doesn't sound that exciting, right? No, because it doesn't. You look at 13.5%. You know why he took that? Okay, well, I got to pay 6% of commissions if I list it. Yeah. Got to pay closing costs. The hassle of It's like 10% to close a property. So I'm only giving up 3% to go with Ryan. That's fine. You guys are clapping. Thing you're It's 13%. Yeah, he did the deal without paying a realtor and without having to go through like a mortgage or anything, an inspection. Like, yeah, it's actually a, he's going to make more money selling it to you than if he listed it on the market, if he sold it for his price. So what you should have done was t you got to get closer to 25 or 30 percent, which would have yielded you 209 or 210, because that's when you start making some money. And yeah. you don't even know if he's willing to take it or not, because the offer is too high. And so you don't even know. You could have made a lot more on this. You don't know. Um, and unfortunately, if he says no to that, you just say, okay, well, do you want me to wait in four months when you bring the price down to that and go from there? Okay. It just, it wasn't enough of a discount. Or you could fine. just tell him, listen, I have to cancel this contract um, because I don't, I mean, I don't think you're going to be able to talk him down in one shot down like 30 to 50 K. So when you say I want to cancel the contract, when they start going, what's going on? Why are you going to do that? That's when you can start opening up for like the reduction. Just go okay. listen. I the prices have dropped so dramatically. This, this number just doesn't work. Okay. And you go listen. If you're open to talking about it, I can get your price. But I understand he ain't gonna be happy about it either. So by canceling a contract like this, it's somewhat of a counteroffensive move because yeah, when you like he, he gave us the keys, everything to that. We had the keys to the house, everything. Like, like I, I do it too. I, I, I would do it's the a whole great thing. deal for him. <laughs> I do the same. So don't wait much longer and you're just going to have, so by avoiding that painful conversation up front, you've now had painful conversations with the cash buyers and now you get to have a real painful yeah. conversation with him. This is going to be a great learning lesson for you, Ryan, and you got a good attitude about it, but like you got to do the right thing. It doesn't work out. You'd rather tell them now than later. And I would go, listen, I just have to cancel the contract. This, yeah. this market has changed so much that price, 
we were way off. I, mean, Ryan, I just say yeah. we're way off. Don't even like tease that you, because you're going to like, do you want to take three to $5,000 off of it? You know, I just say, listen, it's probably better. I just get out of it because now he knows he has to put it back on the market and go through this all over again. And he might be open to go, listen, I just want to get rid of it. Probably won't. So I don't set your expectations no. wrong. He has no pain. He has no pain. Ryan, you had Taco Bell at 3 a.m. It goes it down smooth. Oh, I love it. But at the end, it ain't going to be nice. Okay. <laughs> it's a little more work to go and actually get nice ingredients. And it's a, it's a lot more painful to go out here and actually give a lower offer. But okay. the problem is you got to choose what wholesaling is going to get painful. This deal would have been painful. It's either painful in the beginning and easy at the end. Yeah. You chose easy in the beginning and now you're painful at the end. So yeah. think of how much more painful this transaction is going to be because you have to do this. And okay. learn from it with your partner going forward is you're better off having the hard conversations up front, the going for no strategy. And just work through it to get to where you need to be. Then you deal with the cash buyers. It's kind of enjoyable. And then you're not backing out of contracts and doing that painful. Dude, we've all done it. Like I'm not, there's just certain percentage of contracts just don't work out because nothing's guaranteed. But knowing this going forward, that difficult conversation up front pays off huge in the end. So many people last four years, they all have easy conversations. And the idea of throwing stuff up on the wall to see if it sticks Cash buyers are brutal right now. Like they know exactly where they need to be and they're not going to move off of it. So just talk to your partner and go, okay, we got to change it. How we, you're finding the motivation. You're finding the people that need to sell. You just, you got to get them for the right price. And then honestly, even if say you made the guy a really low offer, say 200 and he didn't turn it down, it would set you up for the future. Cause guess what? Nobody else is coming to bail them out because two things to fix any house that's sitting forever on the market time and circumstances and both are going to happen to this property and guys this has happened to millions of property all across the country it's not just your properties right it's happened to me it's happened to zach it's happening to everyone so if you can be patient in wholesaling you can make a lot of money right now prices are really pulling back guys on average and this, this is unfortunately i can't do local markets about one and a half to two percent per month just do the math on that on a $200,000, even a $300,000 property. That's okay. six grand every month, rolling back, rolling back. Why? Because when the house next door sells lower because they lowered the price of competition, it keeps lowering the appraisal prices and keeps lowering the comps. And that way, any type of buyer looks at this and as the prices keep going down, they want to, they don't want to overpay what the other guy did before. That's the whole purpose of comps. Okay. What do you do? You know what to do. You ate, you ate the bad food. Now you got to deal with it. What are you going to do next? Eat, eat some better food. Yeah, a little Pepto Bismol, a little thumbs. Get it down. Yeah, get it down. And just get through it. This is this is just business. Um, just so detach yourself a little bit um, and just learn from it and move forward. Okay. Hey, and I, I just want to tell you guys, thank you so much. You guys are awesome. Like, because um, this is an awesome journey that I'm on, like, Cause I, I, I did sales like uh, across the country, door to door, all that stuff. And like, like I, this is way different, but just the whole environment of being able to do sales and talk to people and build a rapport. This is awesome. It's great. Right. I love it. Ryan, it's literally like being an Eagles fan. Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. You to deal with four years of Carson Wentz to Trent. finally get a Super Bowl. <laughs> okay. And now to get Jalen Hurts. You had to go with all the Carson Wentz and now you get to actually have good quarterback, right? Absolutely. Wholesaling. There's a lot of pain in the beginning, but there is pleasure with it if you can just deal with it. So 
I appreciate yes, it. Eagles fan. He's an Eagle fan? <laughs> you guys got a jacket uh, on. Right, Woo, Eagle fans, go. They're the ones that I would never. Oh, if I ever had to go to Philadelphia nice. watch a game, I would just. I'd keep my mouth shut if it was uh, like I would wear. I'd great. probably wear an Eagles hoodie. They did deal with so much because they but... like. I hear stories about like what. Uh, hey, they're the only fans to throw D-sized batteries at, at Santa Claus. Like, 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 not, like, really? like yeah. <laughs> they're not yeah. nice. But yeah, the Eagles so... <laughs> fans scare me, man. You guys get a rap for being loyal, but man, they say if you go to uh, as as a uh, it's opposing team, man, they're like you better watch your stuff because yeah. they will rip the jersey right off your back. I know, man. but um. Yeah, I appreciate it. You just got to go through some pain, but I'm telling you, if you can get through it, you'll be do, do well. So keep it up, man. You know what to yes, do. Sir. You got it. Yes, you guys have an awesome one. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Awesome. That's funny. It's true though, right? So let, let me show you this, guys. Take on so, an Eagles fan. Let's just, so we're talking about the Zillow crash. I'll give everyone updates on this. So this is Salt Lake City, right? So I, I was talking to some uh, somebody from Ogden. Oh, north of Ogden. Some I think Brigham City. Uh, so I was kind of looking at this, right? Like, slowly we're getting some things going on. So Salt Lake City is, uh, is probably one of the most overpriced markets. So this is a little bigger than the average, but Zillow prices are finally starting to change, right? Because I when I did the Zillow crash in like three three months ago, uh -huh. people didn't believe me. They're like, oh, you're, you're full of it. So this is what's starting to happen, right? So we're, you see salt, see the, the prices, right? Like a so roller coaster ride. 2015, right? decent. Dun, 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 dun. But, but all of the economy in uh, Utah is kind of, in this region so it's just rising right so like it peaked out in june at 260 261 june of 2021 so it did a crazy rise right yeah 621 now every month it's been going down so let's go back to the year it doesn't look as crazy but 621 615 600 593 that guy's five eight like it's just if you do that on a per month it's it's significant and it's like that roller coaster where you're at the top and you're going in like free fall we don't know how long of a ride it's going to be or how sharp it's going to be it, it will end don't get me wrong but no but like we're just starting it out i'm just letting we're everybody just starting, know like a lot of people think you're like oh we're two years into it no 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 this didn't even kick until like beginning of summer so what are we? Uh, six, seven, eight. You're like four months into this. Like, yeah, guys, you got 18 months of this coming up. Well, and you can hold, you can make a ton of money wholesaling in this. It We're doesn't matter you how if do you're it. at the top or the bottom. It's no, just, but you just got to know, right? So this is why it, you can make a ton of money wholesaling. But the thing is, you know, if a seller's holding out to get a better price, you already know what's going to happen if they hold out, right? Um, it, it's always kind of funny, but okay, you, you're holding out. Well, let's just wait, right? This is what you got to understand about your sellers yeah. right now. The sellers used to, oh, you know what? You're not going to be that price. Just hold out. They would wait. So there's sellers that actually will wait three years to get their price. And by the time they paid all the bills and stuff, they got their price, but they had to wait three years. They exactly. Move, they couldn't do it. Now you have the opposite happening. So guys, make sure you leverage market conditions to, to create what I call a call to action. Go listen. That offer is there. And then if you've had the upfront agreement, which you have to do with everybody now, freehosting.com, is when they can't make a decision or they want to wait, you have to remind them on market conditions. Like, That's great. I respect that. But understanding this price only lasts for the next two or three days. After that, I got to go look at other properties. And 
Um, so we're experiencing about a 2% drop a month. Just if you want to wait three months, I'm sure uh, we can come back and talk. I would love to talk to you, but we have to revisit the price because it's most likely going to be less. And are you using fear to a point? It's, it's the truth. Fear, when it's the truth, it's okay to use. When you're doing fear to scare somebody into it, it's just like the truth is when I come back, it's going to be a different price, like end of story. And then your terms might be much more stretched out. Instead of a 30-day inspection, you might have a 90-day by the time you yeah. get to that. Guys, use market conditions to leverage your sellers to make a decision. It's okay. And honestly, remember, part of wholesaling is for you to actually help sellers get out of their own way. So right now, the biggest thing we're overcoming is what we call the downward spiral. People are chasing yesterday's prices and it's driving us all nuts. Okay. What's happened in the past is gone. Okay. That's like me saying I could buy a piece of I could buy a piece of plywood for $22 the whole sheet, and now it's $38. I've just accepted the new price and I've had to move on. And sellers have not quite gotten to that point. It's coming, and when it comes, that's when you have massive price collapse in markets. And the realtors are the ones really taking the brunt of it right now because yeah. they're not moving properties. How do I know this? I've never seen so many open houses in my entire life. So you're looking here. So if you're a seller on a Zillow, what, if, they, if they're stuck on this price, just wait them out because it's just going to get worse and they're going to be more desperate to sell. So if somebody's telling you that, hey, I don't want to sell right now, just let them get some more time. I promise you it'll get a lot better. A lot of people get freaked out over that. I'm telling you, it's actually not that bad, right? So things are going down. So let me, uh, I have an interesting question here and I would love to answer this. Where um, is that? I think it's a funny stat I just uh, saw. Let me see here. Where is it? Someone says, I heard JP, uh, JB, uh, JP Morgan and partners are putting a billion dollars into bill for rent properties. Will this affect real estate? So I'm going to do a quick question. The value of the United States housing market is $43.4 trillion. What is a billion divided by $43.4 trillion? I did the math here. So I did the math of a billion divided by 43 trillion and the number doesn't even come up. But what do I mean by that? It is, it does come up, but it is pouring a billion dollars into more rentals well, this is literally what it does. I multiply this by a hundred guys. So it is not even a percent. It's not a tenth of a percent or a hundred. It's a a thousandth. It's in the thousandth place. Yeah. And no, like, so I did that. I made it even better. So like, this is what it actually is. Okay. That's how much of an effect it has on the housing, uh, a billion dollars. So when I tell you, I, I could literally care less of pouring a billion into the housing market. That's what I care. So I'm just telling you guys like that 43 trillion is what housing is worth. Now, funny story is what is housing going to be worth if they didn't have mortgages? It'd probably be a lot lower, right? It would be significantly it, it, lower. way lower. But I just telling you guys, because we can borrow money, that's why tuition's always up because you can borrow money uh, for it. But uh, that's it. So Edward. Yeah, I'm here. What's up, guys? What's up? How are you? Pretty good, man. Good, good. Ah, I'm glad to be here. Okay, cool. I had a couple of questions for you guys. Awesome. How can I help you out? Well, um, so I started uh, dialing all of my driving for dollars leads 
and uh, just started yesterday, actually. And I have two really legit people that I'm looking at. Um, so they kind of have their own, like, you know, specific situations. So the first one, it's a really weird market down here. This house is probably ARV is going to be like 100K. What this, market? Uh, South Texas. Where so, South Texas? Uh, just like general area, like furthest south you can get. <laughs> okay, so you're on the border. Basically, yeah. So, okay. so houses down here are really cheap. And so I'm not sure if I even want to go after this specific lead because the house is in such bad shape. They're willing to sell and they're motivated to sell it because they bought it for like 20K a couple of years ago. They were going to bulldoze it over and build a house there. Um, I don't know if it's going to be worth it. What do you what do you think? Um, depend. What city are you in? So I'm in Harlingen. 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 What's the population of Harlingen? Mm. Okay, that's not on the border. That's Harlingen. All right, got it. It's close, yeah. but you, you're kind of in metro with Brownsville there. So, yeah, you got McAllen over there. It's yeah. actually decently sized. Um, yeah, when you put all the cities together, it makes a pretty decent market. Yeah, you're going to have buyers there. So do you think it's sal salvageable? I, I need to go check it out. But she was basically saying that the house is like a corner of the house is being held up by a pole is what she said. So I I don't know if this thing is. Yeah, I don't know. I, it says it's really bad shape. I mean, honestly, man, you're how far is the property from you? Not far. I mean, I, it's driving distance. I can check it out. I told her. I would check it out. Check it out. Because, I mean, it, yeah, if you can salvage it, bring it to a cash buyer, I think you can make it work. If you can't salvage it, it's going to get a little harder because land's pretty it. easy over there, you know? Try to get it as cheap as possible, though. Like, don't be stuck even on yeah. what they paid for it because, yeah. obviously, it's if it's that run down and do nothing, like, if they walk away, they're going to get nothing. So I, I start from a very simplistic approach, like, Find the, find the lowest price you can walk away from it. And by the way, I've bought houses for like a hundred bucks before. I'm not kidding you. Very similar no. property because nobody wants to deal with it. They're like, it's such a nightmare. You can just have it. Yeah. And I'm not saying that's going to be the end result, but you have to start from that thought process. Don't start putting tens of thousands of dollars in your head on it because this thing needs math. Really, you're just looking at the land value at this point and see if somebody wants to take it on. Yeah. That's what I exactly. would do. So don't get... Any preconceived prices, get them out of your head because you're really going to have to incentivize a cash buyer to take this on in today's current market. Gotcha. Okay, I'll check it out then and uh, yeah. we'll kind of go from there on that one. Um, the second property that I have, this is actually really good numbers because so far I had like maybe 200 driving for dollars leads and I called like maybe 30 people and out of those, it's like two for 30 at this point. So these are pretty, pretty decent, you know, leads. But this second one that I got here, uh, older gentleman, um, motivated to sell. He's owned the property property for like 35 years and it's a multi-unit and it's been sitting there vacant for about 15 years. And so this is the cool thing about driving for dollars, right? Because on prop stream, it showed up as occupied. So this is like a lead that only I have right now, which is pretty cool. But, um, the problem with this though, and I don't know if this is a problem or not, but he says he owes like $68,000 to the IRS. 
Um, and he says that this is a problem and that he needs to figure that out first. And I don't know if, is that a problem for selling this property? I mean, um, actually it depends because is there a lien on it? Do you know that? Well, um, mentioning the prop stream earlier, it says it's occupied. Obviously it's not. So I don't know if the prop stream is up to date on this, but it doesn't say that there's any liens on it according to prop stream. Okay. He might have a personal lien. Uh, so the best yeah. way to deal with it is just run it by your local title company and they'll tell you like it's we're not here to like figure everything out. We, we just mm -hmm. find motivated sellers and sometimes you can work with them and sometimes you can't. But uh, IRS liens are a pain in the butt. The, well, the, it might not even be a lien, but the problem is if he sells it, the IRS might want to get it cut and he might be trying to negotiate with them. Well, they're, they're going to do a search on him and it's probably it's, it's going to come up most likely. But once again, check with your title company because I listen, if it's not a problem for the title company, I don't care. But if it's a problem and they can't clear the title, then you have to deal with it. The problem with any type of federal government lien is they take time because you can actually occasionally get them to release the lien on the property. It doesn't mean it releases it from him. But mm -hmm. trying to get the government to do anything is like a 90 day minimum. And that's if you put all your yeah, effort into of, it. So. I Honestly, I'd tell them let's talk to the title company and see because the IRS does a lot of different things. And we love the IRS. They're the best people in the world. We love you, IRS, if you're watching. Heart. Yeah. Um, but I, <laughs> you know what? Sometimes they can get very aggressive with property. Sometimes they're not, right? So it's really... And it comes down to your title company, what they require for the yeah. search. Sometimes it gets called. Sometimes they're not specific to a property. Once again, it depends if, yeah. you know, the how, how the property's titled there's a lot of moving factors and every now and then i've had one come up i'm like he told me he had like a federal lien on it title company goes i don't see anything you're clear to like sell it we just shut our mouth and move on and yeah. that's <laughs> so just run it by him see what comes up it is what it is and uh hopefully there's enough value even if he had to pay that lien and do the right thing not that paying the federal government the right amount is is always negotiable so it's you just find the deals and let the title company sort out the mess. That's how I, I do it. So in this scenario, should I ask the title company about this property or should I ask him to go ask the title company about his property? Um, just have the title company do You can have them do what they call a pencil search. They do a quick search. Well, ask him yeah. questions first because yeah. he might be withholding. Are you negotiating with the IRS? Anything like that? How much? Go from there and then go with the title company. Ask him questions first because he might tell you, oh, yeah, we're negotiating right now and you don't even need to talk to a title company. So, yeah, okay. He, he knows the question yeah. is he's he going to tell you. So, a lot of time when people don't want to know, they get amnesia like, oh, I forgot or something like, hey, 60,000, <laughs> you don't forget about it. So, 000. try to get it from them. And sometimes the properties, there's not even enough value in the property to like make up that lien if he had to. And that's where you can go, okay, is this worth working forward? Sometimes you're dealing with a two or $300,000 property people own outright. Mm -hmm. You know, you just have to settle up the lien. If it's negotiable or something, you know, you can talk about it, but federal liens are a nightmare. Like you have to get somebody in the government to sign off on it and it's hard. So it's challenging at the state level, at the government level. Um, it's a three to six month process minimum. Wow. Okay. So uh, see if he'll give you the information. Your next step is go to the title company and then assess if it's worth moving forward with from there. Gotcha. Okay. So. Awesome. I appreciate you guys' help. Thank you very much. All right. Okay, man. Appreciate Good luck. It. Yep. Boom. All right. Let's get some questions going here.
Kalen's got a good one here. I like this one. Um, he says, I message sellers and say, have you given up on selling the property? They almost always message back. That's pretty creative. I like that. That is. You get a lot of backlash. Uh, you get it. a lot of backlash for it. It's like, um, I, I, listen, whatever works. The, the thing is, you just never want people calling you back just to chew you out. So like yeah. the people that use like the postcard, someone thought it was so creative, like final notice, and they put it in like pink and red. Well, they got a lot of callbacks, but the problem is they also got investigated by the uh, U.S. Postmaster because you can't, like, there's limitations on what you can do on, like, marketing people. I don't think Kalen's is out of line there, but uh, just make sure you listen to the feedback. If you get a lot of negativity from it, you might want to adjust it slightly. You never want to trick into anybody selling, but uh, the word give up. It's you got to be careful because yeah. people get, re like, really hurt with it. Oh, yeah. It are you, you call me a are, you, are you tired of trying to sell your property, uh, offering your property for sale? Yeah. You know, as you know, you want to get a soul. I don't know. It's just something, something, little, but I love the creativity because if you do what everybody else does, you're just the same and it becomes problematic because you know, people get numb to it. So whatever, remember the whole goal of any type of marketing is to engage your prospects without tricking them. Tricking them creates a lot of drama in your business. I agree. Final notice, or I need to get in touch with you because I have an urgent message for you, and it's an offer. You can get in trouble by the what's what's the uh, the Federal Trade Commission or the U.S. Postmaster, depending on which one you violate. Yeah. Swordfish says, "Hey Zach and Rick, I have a seller trying to include two extra lots with his house and three lots already. I looked for the comps. Five for the lots is 0.5 acre plus house." Those are tiny lots. Wow, it's uh, five lots is half an acre. I mean, honestly, I personally look at half an acre as one lot. Like, I mean, usually a, a 0.23 is this. Yeah, that's what I. Size yeah. in the United States. So that would be. Uh, that's two. That, that I mean, honestly, like, because now you're getting down to a tenth of. Let, lot. Let's talk about half an acre lots versus uh, quarter acre lots. You're not. A lot of people think someone's going to pay an extra hundred grand to get that extra quarter acre. It's not going to change a lot, especially for an uglier looking house. I, I honestly, if it needs major renovations, I would not even include it into your comps. I would just treat it as a regular property. And then on top of that's gravy. Just yeah. yeah. Cause they usually try to include things to get the price up. Yeah. But... No, I, I've had people, Oh, I'm going to give you an extra lot included. That should give me an extra 70 grand. I'm like, no, see, someone try to get me to bump it up. Uh, no. Okay. No, no, just price out what the lots are, what their value is. So you, you don't like get slid <clears throat> on the price, but you know, those, those are small lots, but I, I mean, I guess there's, yeah, I've had, I've, I've seen eighth, eighth of an acre. That's the smallest I've seen, but those are like waterfront communities type of deal. Zero lot lines. I've had motivated sellers try to give me to go up in price because they're giving me a bonus lot. But the bonus lot's all in the one deed. And I'm like, no. All right. You know what my favorite is when they like, uh, I have an eight bedroom, one bath house. I go, eight bedrooms. That's like a record. And uh, it's uh, 1,100 square feet. I go, okay, 1,100 square feet, eight bedrooms and one bath. All I think in my head is like, you ever see like a, like a, like a rat maze, like yeah. a mice race. Oh yeah. Cause that's what you have to put up a million walls to make that work. And when you, when your box is only so big, it becomes like a, a mice maze. Like they put the cheese, like 
like try to figure out how to get out of this house. So that's what I feel when I go in those houses. Listen, it's, I believe all crazy. houses be proportionate. Like in Florida, if you have a, a 1200 square foot house and you're calling it like a six bedroom, it ain't a six bedroom, like 1200 square foot house. So a three, two, the minimum is like 11, a, a, a thousand square foot. Three, two seems like a, a, a maze to me when I walk into yeah. it, there's not one open space. 1500 is like healthy 2000 is like really wide open you get that feeling so the cool thing is doing this 20 plus years i can look at the square footage of the house and just tell you if it's even going to be attractive even before i buy it yeah hands down um ktn says how would you respond to a wholesaler when the seller says i want to fix it up a little before i sell it do it fix you it pour up. you pour 20 grand in the kitchen and the flooring replace the roof do Still? this work, do this work, paint it on the inside out. You go do it. I, I'm like, go ahead. Here's yeah. the thing. They're doing to threaten you. Oh, I'll just fix it up. They would have done do it, it already. It's usually a bluff. And honestly, if they do it, I'm still going to pay them the same price. Yeah. like I love free labor. Yeah. yeah that ain't going to happen. Okay. <laughs> Kalen says, thanks for the knowledge, dude. First time I've heard about the 70% FISBO. I've been overthinking it. That why do you think I did the 70% FISBO? Because you guys are overthinking things. Stop overthinking things. I'm telling you, once you stop overthinking, a lot of stuff starts clearing up, right? You stop freaking out over things. You're, this business gets a lot easier and simpler, and you're just more successful. And that simplification for FISBO, because it's harder to build a relationship with people on the phone when you first talk to them. So don't confuse our other set. Now you're just doing the 70% rule like everyone else. No, no, no. We're talking about specifically on Fizbo's. I want all of you to go for no, qualify them on the phone, get in person. And then you're going to offer them. You're going to start at 50%. Why? Because you're looking to get the first offer rejected. So you can get a healthy negotiations to get that tough talk done up front. So you don't have to do what like Ryan does and have an easy conversation and then just hard for the next two or three weeks. Guys, I'm telling you, just get it done up front because worst case there, they sell you no and they want to negotiate. Well, they're kind of doing you a favor because yeah. you don't want to be, if you have to compete on like constantly bidding on properties, you're going to get killed in 2023. In my opinion, you have to get the rock bottom price because cash buyers are demanding very large discounts and incentives because they have a lot of people to pick from. So who are they going to go to first? The person who has the best price property that knows what they're doing. And if you're careful, that'll be you. So you have to use the go for no strategy. Why? You can do it significantly cheaper because you've built rapport with them on the phone and you're meeting them hopefully in person or you're doing multiple follow-ups in virtual and you can get away with it because you won't get kicked out. You do 50% on a FISBO, you're probably going to get hung up instantly, right? I agree. So what you need to do, guys, especially right now just start focusing on just taking action if you focus on taking action your results will follow so uh one quick announcement tomorrow i mean you're gonna be crazy busy tomorrow because you're you're I'll be you're, you're frying turkeys right yeah i gotta show you some videos i saw a bunch of videos of burn the house down. people burning their house no, down well, frying the turkeys one, uh, they say 400 people a year on average burn their house down doing it yeah that's why we're doing it in the yard really far out but yeah. Uh, so you are going to be busy because we have, I think, the largest Thanksgiving we've ever had in our, for our family coming. So um, I'm going to do Thanksgiving live stream tomorrow from 12 to 2, 12 p.m. Eastern to 2 p.m., okay? And what that means, so that's going to be, uh, 
what is that? 11. So eight to 11, no nine to 11 uh, Pacific. So 12 to two Eastern tomorrow at my house. So y'all get to come to my house and we're going to live stream from my home studio. I, for the flip with work people, I only do it on the Zach and channel, but I'm going to do a Turkey day special. Yeah. So you guys can go over to my place. Who else goes live on? Y'all come over to my house for Thanksgiving, uh, 12 to two pumpkin pie for all. Yeah. 12 to two. And, uh, we'll talk. I got some cool stuff I want to talk about and that'll be pretty cool. And, uh, yeah, so that's gonna be pretty fun. So guys, it would be too loud. Um, ever else. So we're yeah, gonna yeah. go to my place tomorrow. So I'll see you guys at 12 to two. We'll talk about it, but let's answer a couple more questions real quick before we hop off. But I do want to give everybody our appreciation and support. I do want to have an awesome announcement. We have crossed 60,000 subscribers on YouTube. So 60K, man. Boy, that was fast, wasn't it? That was pretty slow. Just nah, kidding. It was, just... It, was, it was really fast. Um, and I just want to give everyone a shout out. You know, I remember spending a year getting to like 500 subscribers, right? And then that's painful. to a thousand, yeah. to 2000, then to where we're at now. And I uh, appreciate everybody, you know, subscribing to all the other channels. You're about to hit 5,000 on your channel. Yep. And uh, I'm about to hit 25,000, but I've had mine a little longer. So yours just grow like crazy too. And uh, thank you for everybody. I think uh, so. Make you sure you subscribe to each of our channels, Zach Ginn and Ritkin. And obviously, if you're new to this channel, make sure you subscribe to it so you know when you get notifications when we go live because we do this a lot. So and next month, we should hopefully that's pushing it. Hopefully by next month, by January 1st, 2020, we'll have 100,000 combined subscribers for all of the YouTube channels. So the whole thing else is for real. Yeah. Rick and Zach and Flip with Rick. So that's going to be really cool too. We'll have something special for that. But I uh, really appreciate everybody on there. We're at 78,000 on our Facebook group. Wholesaling else is for real. So I appreciate that. Hopefully get over 100,000 that soon. And make sure you guys hop on there. And remember guys, join the community that we got going. Wholesaling else is for real is our Facebook group. It's important because this is actually how that's your key to actually hop on and talk to us for free. And most importantly, you go to freewholesaling.com, which is our free real estate wholesaling course, where we give you updated information about wholesaling, how to become as successful as possible as a wholesaler. And that's our like $10,000 course, right? Like that's oh, yeah. what we do for free and uh, help the people out. So I really appreciate everybody. Appreciate all the love and support. And uh, yeah, guys, I'm going to see you y'all tomorrow. So that's going to be pretty fun too. So um, it, it's insane, right? Uh, so yeah, we're going to watch some football tomorrow. It'll be pretty fun. Um, Cowboys fans are going to get disappointed again. So we'll see. <laughs> I don't know, man. They're looking pretty good this year. Oh my gosh. We All need right. Dolphins football is what we need. Yeah, I'll playing, hold on. They're playing it there. So uh, one last one because you've got UFC show on. Who's your favorite UFC fighter? That's a good. There's so many, man. There's <laughs> who's my favorite? Uh, right now, right now, you're really putting me on the spot here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they all have those crazy, the the just the crazy, crazy nicknames. Who's the guys I always talk to you about? Um, a, a lot of mine are like the old school retired guys. Currently, right now. It's it, it, I, I like to watch the uh, the heavyweight champ. He's just amazing. Nganu? Yeah. He, I, I like mean, he's, he's fun to watch. Um, you know what? I just enjoy the sport. I uh, I love uh, uh, Patty the Batty. He's probably one of my favorites. Oh, my man. gosh. Like, he's just, 
You know what? He's if you ever see the guy outside of UFC, he's just a really down to earth kid. Uh, like he shows up to like high school wrestling and helps people. He helps out the military a lot, especially uh, like obviously he's British, right? Yeah. And uh, he spends time. That guy spends his own time helping train the military how to do uh, jujitsu, like survival skills. Yeah. And for that, like I got a special place in my heart. And then who's the guy who just retired? That crazy, crazy fighter. Uh, it's with a G. Uh, what's his name? Uh, little short guy. He had the long hair, always bloodied up. Like oh, crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forget his name. He's just the guy would go in and fight Clay anybody. Guido. Clay, Clay yeah. uh, Guido or whatever it is. Just a warrior, man. I just love the warrior mentality, man. Like, I love all UFC. There's so many UFC fighters and the way they do the schedules. It's yeah. just a pain in the butt because you see your favorite and you forget about them. Yeah. But Patty the Batty, dude, like, it, I will drop anything to watch him fight. So I think yeah. that's the winner. My favorite is all times John Jones, even though he's got some bad personal stuff. I still think John Jones is the best fighter of all time for UFC. He's always was my favorite. He's trying to be a heavyweight. So that'd be kind of cool. But guys, that's what I got to say there. So I appreciate it. Make sure you guys hit that like button and subscribe. And uh, I'll see y'all tomorrow. Make sure you do it. And World Cup, come on. Come on. Who do we want to win the World Cup? USA, baby. Like, come on. There, there's no other. There's no seconds. There's no. Fr- it's World the Star. U.S. A. We're going to beat England on Friday because we already beat England in the, in the Revolutionary War. So it's FIFA. like we already want to know against them. So I'm telling you, the USA doesn't lose. We, we're, we're 2-0 and in our world wars, and we're going to win. So appreciate it. Make sure you guys hit that like button, subscribe. See you guys tomorrow. Free wholesaling, stinking.